Four. Here we are. A new hope. No, that's not true. There's no hope here. The new hopeless, maybe? The, ooh. I don't know. We're kicking some titles around. I don't know. Welcome, everybody. Episode four, take two. What does that mean? Well, Sean and I had been recording episode four for a little while, and unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties that were out of the control of Sean and myself, we have lost a great portion of that show. So... Lost in the Ether is our talk about Saturday Night Live Part 2, which, you know, someday we might circle back to. Uh, We could easily circle back to it. I'll keep the run sheet. So we're trying again. This is Part 2, and uh, we still think we're going to have a dynamite show for you. It's your old buddy Jeff Garoni, joined by my partner in pod, Sean Beecham. We're so happy to have you guys here for another trip around the sun. Yeah, I just love doing that. If you've seen Better Call Saul, you get it. That's uh, one of my favorite lines from that it show. It really is. That uh, show has a lot of good one-liners, I love but that's Bob one of Odenkirk. them. I think off the top, Sean, the one thing I wanted to talk about this morning was because of the nature of the podcast we are, I think we have to say thoughts and prayers to the family of Steve Ditko, who died this yeah, week. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Steve Ditko was one of the early artists at Marvel Comics, and along with Stan Lee created Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, among other characters at DC and Marvel. I mean, those are the two big ones. He is essentially the artistic father of Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Spider-Man was a huge part of my childhood. Uh, Doctor Strange was too. The whole Marvel universe was a huge part of my childhood. So uh, thoughts and prayers to Steve Ditko's family and to the Marvel family and the DC family. We lost a giant that's not an understatement. Steve Ditko was a giant. And an unsung hero in a lot 100%. of ways. I mean, Stan Lee was the face of Marvel. He Obviously, he's the he's the showman. Yep. Uh, he's quite a character in his own well, We right. love Stan. Stan's uh, great friend of the show, Stan Lee. But uh, Steve Ditko was kind of behind the scenes, didn't really crave the fame so much, didn't get the recognition I think he clearly deserves. Yeah. For the for his contribution, Spider Man for me was my favorite character. I think Same we've here. talked about this. He was yeah. my favorite character growing up as a kid. Same here. Still kind of is. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, still kind of is. Yep. But he was a young superhero, which was yep. a little bit different from your Superman, your Batman. He was a kid. <laughs> he's he was like you and me. He's in high school, so that's that's one of the great things Marvel did with their characters was make them quite relatable. You know, these these kids are from. Brooklyn or yep. you know real places that exist. Yep. So it helps relate to those characters in a lot of ways. Uh, that first Spider-Man movie yeah. um, with Tobey Maguire. Yep. I love the hell out of that movie. Me too. Uh, I, I mean, know, I like Homecoming the best. But I know yeah. they sort of took a turn after that, but yeah. uh, and, and ran into some trouble. But that first one was huge. Yeah, well, it was a um, massive hit. It was, yeah, I mean, that, when you talk about superhero movies i mean you have to look back and you see okay yeah so x-men um the obviously they're, batman, they're batman movies but yep. when they really started to take off it was that x-men yeah. that spider-man yep. that, 
Those video games too. I played those when I was younger. There was a great one for Nintendo 64. Yeah. Um, was a large part of my childhood as well. Well, um, I mean, that was the thing, right? Like Marvel was in bankruptcy. So they needed money. So they sold their three most profitable IPs to movie studios. They sold uh, the X-Men to Fox. They sold Spider-Man yep. after a long drawn out struggle. They sold Spider-Man to Sony and they sold the Hulk to Universal. And, you know, you can't say it didn't work for them because it made them some money. They got out of bankruptcy and then they were able to finance their own movies, which is now the biggest piece of pop culture going. And it's almost solely the only reason people are going to movie theaters anymore. And now they're able to start buying some of those licenses back. Yes. So. So, yeah. But I mean, we're living in the Stan, Jack, Steve Ditko world. I mean, the Marvel Universe, as much as it stands, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I should say, as much as it stands, it's Jack Kirby's too. Kirby did the art for the Avengers. He co-created Cap back in the 40s and then helped resurrect Cap in the 60s. He did Thor, the Hulk, and Iron Man, and Ant-Man, and the Wasp, and Doctor Strange, and Ditko did Spider-Man, and Bill Everett did Daredevil. We're living in a, a Stanley, Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby, Bill Everett world. And Kirby's influence to DC, Wonder Woman and Justice League had mother boxes as a central plot line. That's Jack Kirby. Apocalypse was part of that run. That's Jack Kirby. They're making a New Gods movie. Jack Kirby. Entertainment, pop culture, big event movies now. It's a Stan Jack, Steve Ditko world, and anybody who says otherwise is crazy. So we certainly, both Sean and I, our shared love of comics and the cinematic universe is, you know, just a big loss. And uh, I think what uh, we wanted to talk about, Sean, first was uh, something that Vicky, your wife, emailed to you this morning. Yeah, so on my way over this morning... Through the woods, the many speed bumps. <laughs> Down the trail, over the speed bumps, <laughs> into the woods. My wife sent me something on Facebook Messenger, and I was looking at it in the parking lot before I walked in. It is essentially a Facebook post that someone had made with a nine-panel comic, and it is essentially a theory that Disney's reaction to... Well, maybe not a reaction, but Disney has personified a subset of fans who are less than pleased with how the new Star Wars direction seems to be going in terms of diversity is Kylo Ren. That Kylo Ren is basically a whiny, selfish, uh, in the first reiteration of the trilogy, at least episode seven, He's sticking, he's clinging to the old ways of the previous trilogy through his adoration of Darth Vader. And Disney's essentially holding up a mirror and saying, This is you. This is what you sound like. How much of that do you think is actually true? I think that's exactly how that fandom sounds like. I don't think Disney's doing that on purpose. I just don't think so. Like in my heart of hearts, I just don't believe that part. Yeah. Okay. I do think that's what that fandom sounds like. Yes. You know, this has been kind of the thing for the last, well, since Last Jedi came out. There seems to be this vocal subset of Star Wars fandom that I don't recognize, I don't like, and frankly, I wish they would leave. Like, this is where I'm at with this group of people. I wish they'd leave. 
it's uh, July. Last Jedi is now on home video. It's on demand. It's on Netflix. Like, we should be past The Last Jedi at this point. I liked it. Sean liked it. Whether you or you didn't like it at this point, <laughs> it's, it's a, almost a year old. You know, that subset of fan base that we're talking about here, I don't understand what franchise they're following. I don't understand what movies they've been watching the last 30 years, but the behavior that they have exhibited over the last nine months, the words they have used to people like Ryan Johnson and Pablo Hidalgo, who works at Lucasfilm and Kelly Marie Tran and Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. It's loathsome. And yeah, it is not, and I'm sorry, it's not becoming it's not becoming human decency to bully Kelly Marie Tron. Cause this is all part of it to bully Kelly Marie Tron to the point where she has to leave Instagram is shameful to still be barraging Ryan Johnson with nonsense is stupid to get into a Twitter match with Chris McQuarrie is stupid. Just the way this group of people has behaved is terrible. It's childish it's racist, it's misogynist, and it's got to go. And if you are that unhappy, then get out of Star Wars. I'm telling you. And I'm sure none of them are listening to the show, so I'm just talking into the wind. But get out of the, get out of the <laughs> yeah. franchise. It's not for you anymore. Get out. I'm just going to come back to what I said in episode one about The Last Jedi. It's 2018. It's not 1977. These movies have got to speak to the next generation. The, the young kids. And... I don't know if these films are or not. That's not for me. I'm 40. I'm, I'm not about to tell a 10-year-old person what to like or not like. But I believe in my core that for this franchise to move forward and be viable continually on, it needs to start reflecting the reality of the world in which we inhabit. And the world in which we inhabit, I'm sorry to say, to this group of people who are almost universally white and male, the world doesn't look like you anymore and you need to start dealing with it in a productive, intelligent adult manner. And the way they've gone about it is none of those things. You know, I'm sorry you didn't like the movie. I'm sorry the movie didn't work for you, but for the love of God, shut up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. And I think even if Disney didn't create that character intentionally for that purpose, uh, that character then goes on in, in The Last Jedi to burn it all to the ground, essentially denouncing, if, if that's how you're going to look at the character of Kylo Ren, he yeah. essentially denounces all of that yes. in The Last Jedi. So now we're moving forward. I wish some of those people would denounce it and leave. I don't want to go through this in a year with episode nine. I really don't. I, I, I'm done with these people. Yeah. I come back to the Donald Glover SNL, right? A lot of lizards and vests, not a lot of people of color. Yeah. It's atrocious in 1980 that Billy D. Williams was the only black person in Star Wars. It's not a great look in 1980. It's less of a great look in 2018 that John Boyega is. Which people, they boycotted The Force Awakens when he was cast. When uh, they knew nothing. When they knew nothing about the, the movie, his performance, nothing. Yep. They just saw a black stormtrooper and they said, nope. 
I, I mean, I can't deal with that kind of intransigence. I, I just can't. And the idea that that uh, Ray is a, a Jedi, I think, rubs people the wrong way. I think there's some people for whom Oscar Isaac is the leader of the rebellion. It doesn't work for them because he's not white. You know, God forbid in this trilogy, if they introduce a lesbian character or a gay character, I can't, ima- I can't wait for that. And I'm saying that as somebody who would, honestly, it's long overdue. Yeah, for sure. Why not? The galaxy far, far away people should not look less diverse than the Greenwich, Connecticut Starbucks, which rewatch a new hope. It is whiter than white in there. I mean, it looks like a suburb. It looks like a Florida subdivision. Enough. It's 2018. The world doesn't look like that anymore. Also, hey, guys, if the movies don't work for you anymore, please remember these were written for children. (laughs) Yeah, guys, these were written for children and to sell merchandise. So the notion that somehow Disney invented the merchandise portion of this movie is stupid. Please go to Netflix, watch The Toys That Made Us, episode one, and it'll tell you specifically, no, George Lucas was looking to make money off this movie from the time he wrote it. He was beside himself that he did not have a toy deal, and he spent the next 20 years screwing Kenner. So no, this was always about money. The other thing I want to say too is, the thing I like about that cartoon is, it rightly shows you what you have done to some of these people. And by you, I mean the fandom that just won't shut up. Yep. You guys didn't like George Lucas either. You spent years telling George how stupid he was, what a terrible movie maker he was, to the point where he sold the business to Disney he and I it. hope yep. doesn't look back because you did this. You sent the you told the guy to leave. He did. So he did. Yeah. He sold it to Disney. I'm sorry that he sold it to Disney. Mm-hmm. You would be less happy there's no one who buys this that would make you happy. Fox wouldn't because Fox would be selling it to Disney now. Comcast, it's just one empire or the other. I mean, live in the real world for once. Crawl out of your parents' basement or your parents' living room or wherever you are. Get off the futon and wake up to the real world. I don't like corporate empires as much as the next person, but that's the world I live in. I have no choice. I don't own this thing. I never have. We talked about this in episode one. My ownership of this franchise is the movie ticket I buy, the DVD or Blu-ray or digital copy of the movie I buy. That's it. I don't own Star Wars. This is not my movie. It was always George's movie. He shared it with us. It was George's movie. If you don't know that by now, eh. I'm sorry. This is George's vision. It's now been sold to Disney and they have licensed it out, lent it out to JJ and to uh, Ryan Johnson and they're doing the best they can. JJ wanted to make the force awakens be a joyous celebration of what makes star Wars great. He wanted to remind you of why you like these movies in the first place. Cause he felt that the prequels were so toxic and the franchise had been dead for the better part of a decade, he felt, you know what? Maybe we could use a little, let's have a parade in the downtown area to talk about how great this is. And it worked. It worked overwhelmingly because people like the force awakens. My wife likes the force awakens. She's not a star Wars fan. I drag her to these things now because she's married to me, (laughs) but she liked the force awakens just fine because it was fun. This is all supposed to be fun. These are fun movies, guys. The Last Jedi was fun for as dark as it was and as it talked about big things. It was still fun to me. It was Star Wars. 
It was fun. It was a week before Christmas. I was with my family. I was at a movie theater. There's nothing. If people know me, if you people know me, there's nothing more I like than going to the movie theater. I'm going in a few hours to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. Star Wars is the, I enjoy the probably process. the only movie that I actually do see in theaters. And uh, when I say Star Wars, I mean the, the major episode releases Yeah, because I am in Jersey for the holiday. Right. Uh, I go with my family and we all see Star Wars and it's, it's become a great tradition it's that fun. I look forward to. So yeah, I mean, this is supposed to be I fun try to have fun with these things. If it's not fun, you should stop doing it. This is my, my feeling about which is things, what, is, which is what George did. <laughs> my feeling about things is always, if it's not fun, if you're doing fun things and those fun things aren't fun anymore, then either put them away for a while or put them away forever. You know, there was a point in time where I loved comic books and then there was a point in time where I didn't find it fun anymore. So I stopped, but I stopped, start, I come back and forth to it this is all supposed to be fun. And I I feel like you guys are taking this stuff way too seriously. I don't know what not my Luke Skywalker means. He was never your Luke Skywalker. He was George's. Right. It was Mark Hamill. It wasn't you. You don't own this. I think what happened was that Star Wars dark period from like 84 to 94 when they announced the prequels and they announced the relaunch of the other three the commemorative editions. I think fandom kind of kept that alive. Like, cause star Wars was dead. Once the return of the Jedi came out and George said, I'm taking a break from star Wars. The, the franchise was dead. It had no value because they weren't making new movies, but fandom kind of kept it alive. There was a small band of people who did conventions and read magazines and they kept it alive. I think those people now think that the world owes them something for doing something that nobody asked them to do. I mean, thank you for doing that stuff, I guess, but nobody owes you anything. Also, let me jump in and say this. They are not remaking The Last Jedi. They are not going to denounce The Last Jedi as not canon. None of that is going to happen, so please, just stop. Nope, they're moving forward. They are moving that forward. Stuff, this stuff just drives me nuts. And I'm going to warn you people, because some of you, I think, are Marvel fans too. Do you know what Marvel is going to look like in three years? I'm going to tell you what it's going to look like in three years. More female, more diverse, and more liberal. There's going to be gay characters in Marvel movies. There's going to be women. There's okay, going to be people yeah, of color. We're talking about movie Marvel, not comic yeah, Marvel. Movie Marvel. I was going to say mar- comic Comic Marvel, Marvel's already there. They're there. They've they've really tried the diversity thing out in the, in the comic books, and it, it hasn't gone the way that they've wanted because, again, it's something different. Um, I would also argue nobody reads comics anymore. But they're they're already there with with diversity and. Kevin Feige came out the other day and said something like, "In the next two phases of Marvel, the overwhelming majority of characters are going to be female." Yeah, sure. Not the thing that these folks are looking for, I'd say. Well, I think the Captain Marvel movie is huge. Yeah. That movie's I gonna, I, and I hope it does really well. And I, I don't know because ex- these people just fall into money. I don't see how it wouldn't, and uh, I think no. it's gonna be really huge for superhero movies going forward. I think Black Panther was a huge step for them too. I agree. Yeah, because the the re- the Hollywood reason for not making an all African American cast was they said internationally it wouldn't sell, and the Black Panther Black Panther proved that's not true. That's not true. So. I just want to make people aware these movie franchises that you love, they're going to get more diverse. 
they just are. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about food. Okay. So I have to get your perspective on this. This is the big question that has been plaguing me for the past. There are really two or so. There are two food questions here, but go ahead. One I don't care about, but we're going to talk about it. The other I do. The rule of wanted by none is I don't care about it is not a reason not to talk. about (laughs) I guess. So what are we doing here? If not to talk about things that are stupid, the question came up on one of my afternoon walks with the dog and my wife dogs, plural. Is there such a thing as a new England calzone? So I'm from New Jersey, New York, New Jersey area the Italian heritage in that area and in my own family is, is deep. Yes. You are also heavily Italian. Uh, yes. And have lived in new England your entire life. Better part of my natural life. With, yeah. with a brief stint in Florida. Let's see. So when I think calzone, mm-hmm. I think we're on the same page. I think of the Sicilian calzone. Yes. Which is the pocket of pizza. Yes. Designed for transport. Yes. So that, it stays warm. Yeah. This is pre pizza delivery bags and all the technology yeah. that they have now to keep your pizza warm. Yes. But it's a compact surface area. So there's not a lot of heat loss, right? Nope. There's a science behind this guy. There's a science and it's folded to keep the heat, the moisture, everything in while it's being delivered. But it is basically a pizza in a pocket. Uh, you have your cheeses, mozzarella, certainly sometimes ricotta for me, it has to have ricotta. But there's a tomato-based sauce, yes. marinara. And then some sort some of kind. meat, cold cut, or vegetable. Meat, cold cut, or vegetable inside. Ham, steak, broccoli. Chicken parm. Chicken, chicken. and broccoli. But that's all folded and baked in yes. what looks like a giant pierogi. Yes. <laughs> when I think about it. Yes. That's a calzone. That's a calzone. On numerous occasions, my wife and I and others that we know have ordered calzones here in New England. Eastern mass. And that is not what we get. What we get is more of a folded flatbread. So let me describe this to you. It is a pizza dough that it has your, your meat of choice and you know, steak. I, I get Buffalo chicken, Buffalo chicken, uh, stuffed inside of it, but it's folded. It's not like a pocket. It's folded and it's flat and then cheese is melted over top. That's a number nine pocket from D'Angelo's or something. It is marketed to me on the menu as a calzone and when it shows up, it is certainly not what I expected. Nope. So I don't know. I'm not from New England. I know New England has certain things, specifically food related things. Oh, and we're going to get to that. (laughs) That are specific to New England. Hot dog rolls. Hot dog rolls, which was a kind of a shock to me as well, because when I think of a hot dog roll, it is crusted all the way around. Yeah, that is not the New England hot dog the roll. The New England hot dog roll is like as if you took a slice of a loaf of bread. Yes. Right? You cut off the ends and then you start half slicing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then cut it into into little half sliced yeah. pockets of bread that you yeah. then stick your there's hot dog no, in. To my knowledge, there's no such thing as a New England calzone. If you get a calzone here, my thought would be it's the Italian calzone that we're all used to that you explained. I don't know what that is that you got. I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's like a flatbread. It ain't a calzone. It's not a flatbread either. You know, one of the things I will say is sometimes the pizza places around here where Sean and I live in greater Boston, that's not necessarily Italian pizza. It is more of a Greek style pizza, thicker crust, not as thin, 
as an Italian pizza would be. So I think that might be part of it. And, you know, people are always just trying to do weird things. But I will tell you, as an Italian, I'm deeply offended by what Sean received, one. And two, I've lived here most of my natural life. I've never heard of a New England calzone. So I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. And uh, now I'm hungry, though, and I want a calzone. I would. I am interested in putting a... Uh, a survey out there for our listeners. Let's do it. Give them the email address. Um, email us your expectations of a calzone wanted by none show at gmail.com. And we will read them on the air and we will talk about it. I would love to know if, if other parts of, I don't know how many other parts of the country are listening, but if other people's expectation of a calzone matches up with my own yeah. or not, maybe they get the stupid flat thing that I don't know what that know. is. I don't even know how to explain that. You want to call it a flatbread, but it's not. It's but almost it's not like a flatbread either. It's like a pocket, which is not what a calzone is. A calzone is not really a pocket. It, it's a pocket, but yeah. it's not a pocket. It's a calzone. It's its own thing. <laughs> it's closed. A pocket is open. Anyway, <sighs> I don't know what that is. The other New it's England, offensive is what it, it is. is. The other New England thing, you and I have been asked as, as I li- have lived here and you have lived here for a while now, the great ice cream debate of sprinkles or Jimmy's, which has been started by two great friends of the show. And you know who you are. I have been asked the question. Sean has been asked the question, sprinkles or Jimmy's for the uninitiated out there. In this pocket of new England where Sean and I live, there is an old new England phrase describing a sprinkle that is chocolate flavored. The chocolate sprinkles. That you put on an ice cream. To the rest of, I don't know, Western democracy, this would be called a chocolate sprinkle. <laughs> yeah. The cousin to its rainbow colored rainbow sprinkles. Right. However, true New Englanders call the chocolate version Jimmy's. Well, I shouldn't say true. The, there are those among us. The old school. Who New would call them yeah. Jimmy's. I was asked the question by two great friends of the show this week. So was Sean. And my answer was, I call them sprinkles. I know the New England thing is Jimmy's. I know I've probably lost my greater Boston card now, but and here's, here's, I don't know what a Jimmy is. It sounds stupid. This is the other thing. It's not even like a, a Massachusetts or New England thing per se. It's, no, it's, it's a metro weird. Boston yeah. area thing. It's so yeah. localized. It's foolish. It's ridiculous. It's right up there with bubbler. I, I, oh, he's back. <laughs> I'll go with you on the sprinkles, but a bubbler's a bubbler. He's back. Uh, if you're not, if you've lost me again, it's what it does. Um, listen, I'm from New Jersey. Okay. I'm from Jersey. The water bubbles, a bubbler. One of the things that you've also, learned please say here, it properly. Bubbler. A bubbler is a water fountain. It yes. Is, it's a public water fountain. That is what a bubbler is. Yes. Because uh, so it's what the water does. It bubbles. It doesn't. It streams. It bubbles. It streams. Also, blinker. That's what it does. Blinks. Blinker. Yeah, we call them blinkers in Jersey, too. Blinker. But it's uh, for me, With it's an sprinkles. ER. For me, it's sprinkles. First of all, let me also state for the record, my ice cream delivery system of choice does not include sprinkles. That's fair. Yeah. I'm a plain ice cream, so just give me the ice cream in a cone or a cup and give me a spoon. Or on occasion... I enjoy whipped cream and either hot fudge or chocolate syrup. Even on chocolate ice cream, come at me. I don't care. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, you don't like to dress up the ice cream so much. No, because the, they've worked hard on this ice cream. See, you would think I, I want to appreciate the flavors. 
if I'm covering it up, that to me, it's like steak, right? We talk about this all the time. Yeah. To me, a steak is a little bit of olive oil on it with some salt and pepper thrown on a grill and done perfectly to medium rare. If I'm putting ketchup or barbecue sauce or A1 or Worcestershire sauce on it, that means I have cooked it improperly or it's a shitty piece of meat, one or the other. Ugh, A1 is the worst. Yeah, that's the approach I take with a lot of things. My it's, favorite is the people who burn it. They yeah. take this beautiful piece of meat, they scorch it to live a long day, and then they throw the A1 sauce on it. Well, don't burn it. Don't burn it and you won't need this crappy A1 sauce. That makes no sense. It's the approach I take with a lot of things. Pizza, I'm not a huge... I know a lot of people add things to the pizza once they mm-hmm. get it. Parmesan. I do like a little uh, oregano every now and then. Yeah, oregano, uh, crushed red pepper. I get it. It's an Italian thing, the oregano. But... It's my family. If my the parents pizza know. isn't, in my opinion, if the pizza isn't good, you'll mm-hmm. add stuff to it. If your pizza comes with oregano and you expect the oregano, you don't need to add more to it. No. Um, I no, get, no. If my pizza comes oregano, I don't. I get everyone has their own personal preference, but if they're not, if you're adding oregano to the oregano pizza, then you're not, you're not getting a good oregano pizza. Agreed. I agree with you on that. I do like the occasional spray, uh, splash of oregano on my pizza because I think it adds a, a little. Splash. Yeah, I think it adds a little, a little bit of a flavor to it. Also, my parents. I grew up with my parents doing that, so it's just a thing. I've backed off on it on recent years because sometimes the oregano can be a little oppressive. Sure, but I do like a good oregano on my pizza every now and then. Yes, especially Papaginos. Again, New England. <laughs> Papaginos. We just, I, yeah, which is a whole other thing. Someday we'll have the wanted by none pizza discussion where we can kill Papaginos for being crappy, which is what it is. It is crappy. It um, used to be great. It is not great anymore. Yeah, well. Maybe I was young and I didn't know better. Either way. You made a good point earlier, and that's the pizza here is, when I say oh, here. It depends. It depends on where you it's go. It's very seldomly. An Italian style pizza. It's you had mentioned. It's Greek, the Greek Greek yeah. style pizza. The and that's exactly crust, what it is. Deeper dish kind of, uh, not deep dish pizza like Chicago, but it is a little bit of a deeper crust with a little bit of a a higher rise crust. It's not that thin yeah. Neapolitan style that you would call an Italian style pizza. No. Yeah, absolutely. My wife brings up an excellent point. The packy. Oh, the packy. Yo, there is. Um, Shout out to my wife. Great friend of the show. Yeah, there is. Uh, this also came up last week at work. Oh, this befuddles people to live a long day. The packy. So shout out to Matt Deshays. Great there friend is, of the show. There is. Uh, I've been to a fair number of liquor stores here. Yes. Since, since moving up here 10 years ago, which blows my mind, by the way. Anyway, I've been to a number of liquor stores and there is one of them in Woburn called the East Woburn Package Store. It is the only one that I have seen since being here that is actually labeled a package store, which is where <laughs> Packy comes from. It is. I think probably you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there used to be more package stores in the area. Yeah. Similar to like an ABC. Yes. Uh, down South. Yes. But they're liquor stores, right? Yeah, I call it liquor store. I don't... Packy. Uh, I don't, I don't hear anyone say Packy anymore. I had a friend from, I had a friend in college who was from Dorchester. Yeah. Packy came up a lot. Dorchester seems to be the place where a lot of these things still survive. <laughs> when, when you talk about Jimmy's and bubblas and yeah. My I, parents were from 
my parents were from South Medford or South Meffa, M-E-F-F-A, oh, if you Jesus. will. So no, Jimmy's pack, uh, Packy, they never really, con- there was always the liquor store, but my parents were never big drinkers. But Packy is a thing here. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. It yeah, befuddles people from out of state. Well, cause it makes no sense. No, no, it doesn't. It comes from, there used to be blue laws where you couldn't carry liquor around out of the store. So they would package it up for you when you left. And that's where package packy store yeah, comes from. Full disclosure, her family moved to southern New England, Foxborough, on the GI Bill. Her grandparents lived in Mission Hill, Roxbury. So, yep, there's your packy Dorchester, Roxbury, if there ever was one. Her grandparents. <laughs> so, her grandparents started in Mission Hill. They moved to Foxborough. Yeah which was the middle of nowhere when grandma and grandpa Sands moved there. Still kind of is. <laughs> well, and now it has a football stadium. But now, yeah, there's a lot more <laughs> down there now. But that's where that's from. But yeah, that's one of those funny New England, the packy things. Jimmy's is another. It just befuddles people from out of state. Wanted by none. Fun fact. That, yeah. I, had, I went to school in New Hampshire, and it wasn't so much the kids using the word to Jimmy's. It was the people behind the counter would say uh, Jimmy's yeah. and it would befuddle the kids from either out of state, out of New England, or who didn't have New Englandy parents. Yeah. Well you go to you go to some standalone ice cream shops, localized ice cream shops, even Jimmy's outside the of the area. Jimmy's is Jimmy's is there. I mean it's you have to be aware of that this is this is the term for chocolate sprinkle. Yes. But it's a chocolate sprinkle guys. It's a chocolate sprinkle. It's a rainbow sprinkle. <sighs> All right. There's no such thing as a New England calzone. There's no here we've a calzone okay. is a stuffed <laughs> piece of dough with meat and cheese and sauce. What have you learned That's today, it. kids? And veg. I don't want to knock out our great friends of the show who are vegetarian. Yeah, absolutely. Also, can somebody get me a goddamn calzone? I'm hungry. Yeah, and dude, there's the swear bag. I have not had a good calzone since I've been up here. I'm telling you, Lakasha's Lakasha's Burlington. Shout out to Lakasha's great friend of the show, great cold cuts. They do a a. Uh, the calzone in the freezer section, you just reheat it yourself in the oven. Okay. They have a, a, they out. have an Italian cold cut. They have a chicken parm, which is my favorite. Uh, and they have a few others. Might yeah. be a spinach. Also, if, if, anyone, if any of our listeners have any other recommendations for email. me, uh, you can send it to our email or just send it to me directly because <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm on Twitter at Sean Beecham. Just, just, <laughs> Just send me your 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 go to spots for calzones because this I am, is great. I am in desperate need of a good calzone. I mean, it's I don't go to Jersey often, uh, <laughs> and when I do, I don't order calzones. I eat with my family at home. Oh, they don't do the uh, order out to them. No, we don't really order out too much. So yeah, please, I love please save them. me from my calzone nightmare. <laughs> God, I hope you get calzone spots up here because I'm always on the I'm on the hunt for a, for a good calzone or a good slice of pizza. So, yeah, <laughs> throw uh, it our way. Let me make a let me shift gears and make a sort of public service Please announcement. Please make the public service announcement. I want to talk without getting into a a technical soapbox. I don't want to step on a tech soapbox, but Google is doing some more rebranding. And us Android users know Google has a long history of needless rebranding uh, and fragmented soloed products. For example, Android messages, the text message, the default stock Android text messaging app. You could also send messages on Hangouts or 
Allo. You can also do video calling on Allo or Duo. Uh, so they they have some issues. They're also they seem to be dissolving Google Play Music, which is their. Uh, Didn't they just do that like six weeks ago? It is their version of iTunes. I mean, you can upload your music to it. Uh, you I can feel stream like Google music. music is new though. Like this is not like, no, it's a few years old. Really? Now. Yeah. Okay. Google, Google play music's a few years old. I've been a subscriber since day one, um, because it lets you upload practically any, any number of songs you want. Yeah. Plus you get free streaming unlimited. No, it, none of that nonsense. But anyway, you can also listen to podcasts on Google play music. Uh, they're dissolving that service or will be in the next couple of years at least at most. Uh, it's going to move pretty quick. And to YouTube music, they're, they're putting their money in behind YouTube music, which already exists along with YouTube premium and YouTube gaming. <sighs> Sorry. So Google is doing th- this rebranding thing. And part of their rebranding is a new app that they've made available. You can download it now. Oh, okay. It's called Google podcasts. It is designed as you would guess specifically for podcasts which you could already get through Google play music. But now since, you know, Jeff is now banging his head on the microphone, you could, if you, if you're listening to this on Google play, you are going to want to download Google podcasts and subscribe on Google podcasts. I'm sorry. It's just the way that they're going. (laughs) So we're all on this train together. They do not have the same approach that Apple has where uh, you could listen to podcasts on iTunes, the glorious simplicity which they have Apple. just rebranded Apple Podcasts. They do not have the sort of control over their own companies uh, because YouTube is it's, it's a subsidiary. Google Play is its own thing. So they're, they're too fragmented for that. So I'm sorry, but that's the thing. Uh, the other public service announcement that I want to make is... On a higher note, it's more exciting for me. Uh, so you have you have two major music streaming services and podcast services. You have iTunes uh, with Apple Podcasts, and then you have Spotify. For the number of months that we've been doing this, we have been on iTunes. You've been able to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And, and we pre- really hope you are, and we thank you if you're doing so. Yeah, absolutely, and pretty much everywhere else. We are now officially available on Spotify, which for some reason was very difficult to get on, and they are the number two podcast streaming service uh, out there. So I know I don't use Spotify. I know a lot of people really like the Spotify. It does nothing for artists. I just want to point that out there. You're not supporting your artists by listening on Spotify. Go buy their album. Go see their show and buy a T-shirt for Christ's sake. Artists, this is the this is the fancy music school musician in me. You bet it is. Uh, artists make nothing on Spotify. It's a joke. That's true. So for your convenience, you're putting these people out of house and home. Anyway, that being said, we are now available on Spotify. <laughs> so please subscribe on Spotify where we will get no money. Um, we're not getting money anyway, but you know, it's nice to have another Avenue for people to listen. We're on some big avenues. We have for our great friends of the show out there. Obviously, we love it uh, in Apple Podcast. If you go and subscribe, so you get the new episode as soon as it's uh, ready to launch. Obviously, Google whatever form Google's going to take. <laughs> Google Google Podcasts. We love our friends at Spotify. We're we're happy to be part of the family. Also, Stitcher. I think we're on Stitcher. We're on Stitcher. We're on uh, what's the one? Overwatch, not Overwatch. What am I thinking of? Overcast. Overcast. Also, iHeartRadio. Like Radio. the weather. That tiny, tiny company called iHeartRadio. iHeart. 
We're out there. Yeah. If you can't find us, we're out there. But wherever you're listening, we're so grateful. Yeah. And I think I have the big announcement of the day to share yeah, with Yeah, let's, let's hear it. The big announcement of the day is coming up here at the end of July, Tuesday, July 24th, yours truly and my partner in pod, Sean Beecham, are going to be recording episode five of Wanted by None live in front of a studio audience. No, I'm not making that up live in front of an audience. We have been asked by uh, some mutual folks in our lives to bring Wanted by None to the live audience. So that's what we're going to do. So we, over the next couple weeks, are going to be planning and getting ready for that. Episode 5 is going to sound a little different than what you're used to, but we're really excited for it. It's going to sound more like a live show. Well, it is going to be a live show. We're future, future casting here, but Sean and I very much want it to sound like a live show. We're hoping that our great friends of the show who are going to be live in the audience with us are going to help us make it sound like a live show. To that end, we've recruited our very good friend and great friend of the show, Alex Jones. We call her Dr. Jones uh, because of our love of Indiana Jones. That's so great. Uh, so we've recruited Dr. Jones to join us for uh, episode five. She's going to help us. She's going to be our third person. She's going to be part of the crew, but we're not going to leave out you great friends of the show who can't attend. It's not a ticketed event. Believe me, it's not a ticketed event. Sean and I have not seen dollar one, nor will we. Um, It's a private event. We are going to record it and bring it to you as episode five. And we are really, really excited. That'll be the next time we join you here. I'm Jeff Garoni. And I'm Sean Beecham. Thanks for tuning in to Wanted by None. We'll see you next time for episode five, Any Given Tuesday. (laughs) 